If a friend asks how you're doing and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. In order to support our show, we need the help of some great advertisers. And we want to make sure those advertisers are ones that you'll actually want to hear about. But we need to learn a little bit more about you to make that possible. So go to podsurvey.com slash Florio and take a quick anonymous survey that will help us get to know you better. That way, we can bring on advertisers you won't want to skip. Once you've completed the quick survey, you can enter for a chance to win a $100 Amazon gift card. Terms and conditions apply. Again, that's podsurvey.com slash Florio. F-L-O-R-I-O. Thanks for your help. I think since Friday, uh, I made it clear that my intention was to play, and my intention was to play for the New York Jets. Okay. Um, and I haven't been holding anything up at this point. It's been compensation that the Packers are trying to get uh, for me and kind of digging their heels in. So I would just, uh, <laughs> I think it is interesting at this point to step back and look at the whole picture. Well, the whole picture is that that was 12 days ago. We're now just about... 30 days from the draft or thereabouts, and I don't see the Jets-Packers impasse resolving anytime soon. But there's hope, Christopher David Sims, as I say good morning to you from Lovely Phoenix. Haven't they done a great job of recreating our set in Phoenix for the league meetings? Wow, this look is at the you. Best they've How'd ever you done. do that? That's amazing it's, that they've done it's this It's amazing. For you. They moved that, the that set both perfectly to simulate, to simulate our usual our usual interaction, we're actually in two different rooms in the same place in Phoenix for the league meeting. So we'll be here for the next couple. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what not, the hell? What'd not, you do? No. What'd you do to piss off the, the league or the owners or the oligarchs or, or our oligarchs did, at NBC that we couldn't get to the what, owners meeting? What'd you do? <laughs> it would easy. It would be far easier, my good friend, to list the things I didn't do. Right. To piss them off than the things I did do. Not, I don't have any reason to think that anybody with NBC is upset with me. This is more of a league thing, and it has. It's a complicated. Well, uh, this is a league-run event, and they're telling NBC it's, who's got hotel rooms and who doesn't. So I don't know. I, I, let's not. <laughs> let's. Well, I don't know. I think it's slightly more complicated than that. But regardless, regardless, as somebody who has had his fill of travel the past several months, including. Just about nine days ago, did I happen to tell you I was hanging out with Spike Lee? Oh, no, yeah, you didn't. Yeah, no, yeah, you're kind of a big deal. I'm happy. I'm happy to stay home. And there's another reason, another inducement, another little carrot for the, the obvious comfort and luxury of sleeping in your own bed. I now have a new accessory. I don't know if you've seen it. Oh, you got the clock, huh? Look at you. I got the clock. It's not a clock radio, but it's a clock. That is... Actual fake wood. It is awesome. 
Jill found it last week after I told her about the conversation that we had. Just out of nowhere, I told her we had this habit. Not that she watches the show anymore, so she can't relate. She used to watch it. Now she doesn't care. Yeah. Sometimes she does. Well, Every once in a while, she does. What? When I'm not in town, she does because maybe she misses me or she wants the dog to actually see me eh, and yeah. remember to appreciate the fact that I'm not here. But that clock is awesome. And I woke up four times last night and I didn't have to go find my phone and pick up my phone and press the button and make it bright in the room and see what time it is. All I had to do was look at the clock and there it is. It has the time, it has the temperature and on top, you put your phone on it and it charges your phone. It is awesome and it was cheap. It was cheap. I got it on Amazon. We're going to be talking about Thursday night flexing later. I may as well give Amazon the plug now. Got it on Amazon for I think like between 20 and 30 bucks, I think it was, maybe even cheaper than that. Jill ordered it. It just showed up. She surprised me. Walked into the room, there it was. So, our our meaningless, pointless waste of time conversations to start the show had some practical benefit for someone and that someone was me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So wait, the temperature there is telling you the temperature in the room or outside? Like, what's it doing there? Is inside. It... Okay, all right. Inside I wasn't sure if it was like next level thing. I could have used it last night. I definitely could have. Like last night, it's one of those nights, Mike, where I don't know if you ever you ever had those Sunday nights where you had a weekend, you had a good weekend, and I don't know, you're just restless and you can't seem to sleep throughout the night. Like I had one of those nights last night where. Anything was waking me up, seemed anxious, right? You know what I did yesterday that I think caused this problem? And I want to ask you if it ever does it to you. Because, like, last night was one of those nights I would have liked the clock because I was, like, touching my phone every 45 minutes. Like, wait, have I slept? Have I slept? Have I slept? Um, I had tequila for the first time in a while. And I had it around 5.30. My son had a baseball game, came home, had the tequila, and this is the second time in a row this has happened to me, I think. And I want to ask you, because I know you like to dip in the tequila a little bit too. But like anxiousness, like had a hard time falling into a deep sleep. And this happened to be the last time I drank tequila. And I was wondering if it ever happens to you because it really annoyed me last night. Like, do I look tired? Because I feel tired today. I just want to let you know. I feel tired. You, I look tired. I feel you tired. Don't, you, don't, <laughs> okay. you, don't, no, you don't. You don't look tired. <laughs> okay. That was me last week, though, on three hours sleep. I actually don't drink very much tequila anymore, okay. but I had it recently, and I'm trying to remember, did that contribute to me like not being able to sleep very well? It's I a know thing. I was up yesterday I know morning with tequila? at 5 a.m. for some reason. Right. Okay. All right. Yeah, I know it's a thing. Like Some people have talked about they get that type of reaction, but man, I don't know what it was. I, I don't feel like I had one of those nights last night where I don't feel like I ever felt like deep sleep. Right. I was like kind of like always awake, annoying night. So here we go. Happy freaking Monday. Oh. Well, we get through the two hours and then you can go home and go back to bed. Oh, wait, you do a podcast later. Today, yeah. So and I have like only only like 300, 400 players on the draft on my radar here that I got to finish through. So no big deal. No, ah, yeah. that's bad. Yeah. No problem. Just. Just uh, just pretend that you know what you're talking about. <laughs> right. I made a career out of that. <laughs> right. All right. One thing that I do know about which I speak is the Aaron Rodgers situation with the Green Bay Packers and the New York Jets. As I mentioned earlier, it's been 12 days since we heard from Aaron Rodgers that it's his intention to play for the New York Jets. And as we've learned in past situations, intentions are made to be changed. But for now... His intention hasn't changed. And for now, we're not in Phoenix, but everybody else is, at least the people who matter. Of course, that would leave us out too. But 
Owner Woody Johnson of the New York Jets, Mark Murphy, CEO of the Packers. Who knows? Maybe they find a way to cross paths and get this thing done. But I still think it's going to last up until the draft and maybe beyond the draft. Alan Lazard, Chris, is not concerned. Here is Lazard talking to the fine folks at TMZ as to whether or not Lazard, who is officially a member of the Jets, has any concern whatsoever that Rodgers will not be joining him in New York. No, there's no worry on, on my end, especially knowing that Aaron has his full-on commitment um, to be a New York Jet this year and realizing that it's really just kind of on the the guys upstairs to kind of handle the business side of things and, and figure out uh, what's uh, payable or, or compromisable um, for this whole thing to go down. So, you know, I think a lot of us are obviously eager just for it to kind of get through. I know I was, especially last week yeah, before sure. I kind of had all my stuff going down and everything, but... <laughs> The beauty, the beauty is, is that you know we don't play a game until September, right? And you know we, we haven't really started, we haven't even started OTAs yet. So there's no no rush in, in, in getting this process done and everything. And I know once it goes through, um, and and we're able to get in the classroom together, we're able to get on the field together. We're gonna start cooking up something special. We don't play a game until September, and it sounds like at least someone in the organization is starting to come around to my way of thinking that the Jets need to stand up oh, definitely. and say, screw you. Definitely. You want a first-round pick? Screw you. Here's what we'll give you for the 2023 draft. If you don't like it, here's what we'll give you for the 2024 draft. We await your decision because at some point before week one, Aaron Rodgers is exiting the Packers roster, and it's either to retirement or the Jets. They're not going to trade him to somebody else against his will. The only way this thing blows up is, is if Aaron Rodgers himself decides he doesn't want to play for the Jets. And why would he? What at this point would make him less likely to play for the Jets? The way the Packers are being is only going to make him more determined and more focused and more motivated to make the Packers regret the way they've handled him on the way out the door. They are going to regret the way they've handled him on the way out the door because they're being so stubborn, it's making him more determined to go have a great season. And we saw what happened three years ago. They pissed him off drafting Jordan Love, and what did he do? MVP? MVP. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I think this is inevitable. It doesn't really matter. I mean, it's going to happen. Rodgers seems intent on it happening. The... The, the the Packers are being stubborn. They've dug their feet in. Okay, great. I agree with you. They're going down a path of they look bad. They're treating the greatest player of their organization badly. You know, like we said last week, I know he's been a nudge and a little annoying to them. But like he said in the opening, I, w- I wish people would look at the big picture here. The big picture is, you know, Green Bay screwed over Aaron Rodgers more than he screwed over them. It's not even really close, actually, when you just want to keep score. So there's that. And then, yes, the Jets, you talked about Woody. Woody wants, wants to make it happen. I mean, it's, he's going to do whatever he's got to do. He's on record. He's said it multiple times this offseason. So they'll make it happen. It's just when do the Packers become not so stubborn and crazy here? You know, because like you said in the article you wrote last week, Mike, and Mike, just to, 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 to off of what you said to jump off, well, the, the Jets must be realizing what I was saying last week. Yeah, I think a lot of the league was. I got people text messaging me when you wrote that that article talking about, yeah, hey, get Rodgers, then the Jets have all the power here. You know, that's spot on. I'm sure the Jets have realized that. It stinks that it's not done and that he might not be there in the early part of OTAs especially after last year when we complained about him not being at OTAs, but it's not an end-all, be-all. 
and he'll be there eventually. But, yeah, the Packers are kind of being screwy right now. But this gives him cover to not do what he doesn't want to do. Yeah, anymore. you're That's right. That's the it beauty might, of it. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Never faces the tough question right. of, are you going to be there for OTAs? You haven't been there the past couple of years. And, hey, look at what happened last year. Patrick Mahomes is at his OTAs and gathering his guys in Dallas after losing Tyreek Hill. They win the Super Bowl. You didn't do anything. You were standoffish. You were aloof. You were absent without Devontae Adams, and it took these young receivers a while to get comfortable with you. I mean, those are the kind of questions he'll get from the New York media if this deal gets done between now and June. And, look, one of the one of the issues that I heard early on in the immediate aftermath of Aaron Rodgers telling the world on Pat McAfee's show his intention of playing with the Jets was that the cap charge for the Packers is higher by trading Rodgers than it is by keeping him that it actually creates a negative cap deficit. Not it, It's not that it puts them in you know, the red overall, but they, they see a bigger number for Rodgers if they trade him. But if they trade him after June 1, guess what? They don't. So, hey, fine. Packers, you're content to wait. We're content to wait. You're content to well, wait to the draft. We're content to wait till June. We're content to wait till training camp. We're content to wait until week one. Because we don't play any games till week one. Oh, and Aaron Rodgers knows the offense. And maybe this time, Chris, he will gather Alan Lazard, well, Nicole Hardman, got to. Garrett Wilson and right. company in California. Right. Well, all right. So first thing. Maybe I want- he'll want to. He doesn't want to. Maybe this will make him want to. See, this is where the Packers, by being the way they're being, is going to make him more effective, not less effective with the Jets. Well, it certainly seems like he's got some of that in him, for sure. And, you know, I would hope if, if you want to go to a new city and – you know, jump into an offense that, yeah, that's familiar to you, but you want to get on the same page with some of these new guys and all the guys you just mentioned there, then, yeah. I mean, I, I would hope that he has some of these workout sessions, you know, like Mahomes, like Brady did during the COVID year when there was no OTAs but still got it done. I do think that's imperative. Uh, I, 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 you know, I think he's going to get too much, you know, too much flack from people like us and other people if those if those strides are – you know, those wants aren't made out there to make him better. So I would hope he does that, let alone maybe like he has to do what we talked about, flirt with going into that Green Bay facility. The other thing, Mike, wait, and I, I don't know, maybe it's Monday and I'm a little cloudy in the brain here and all that, but can they – they can trade him. I know you can get cut with a post-one designation. Can you get traded with a post-June 1st designation? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Not yet. Not yet. Can't Not do yet. that yet. Okay. No. Okay. No. Good thought. Good thought. They changed the rules at some point in the past 15 years where you can cut a guy with a post-June 1 designation. So he's off the roster. He's gone. It gets processed after June 1, but you spread the cap hit. Yeah. Not evenly. Right. You take this year's cap charge for any prorated signing bonuses that haven't hit the cap. You take this year's charge, and then whatever's left hits next year. Could be more. Could be less. Usually it's more in many cases it's the same for Rodgers it would be more right. it gets pushed but trades into can't 2024. do that got you trades can't do that yeah. but but they can do just like we found out 5 years ago a month and a half before the start of the league year we found out that Alex Smith was being traded from Kansas City to Washington to make room for Patrick Mahomes after we'd interviewed Alex Smith right and you know that same day like well I'll throw that interview away but uh, you can unofficially agree to trade him as of June 2. The Packers and the Jets could agree to do the trade and agree that the trade will be processed on June 2. Now, 
he can't show up at the Packers or at the Jets, excuse me, facility. But nothing stops him from getting together with nothing. any of these guys on That's the Jets right. team wherever he wants to get together. You mentioned the COVID workouts. Yeah, he could, if he wanted to, find a high school field close to the Jets facility Definitely. and go there and work out with his guys if he wanted to. That's and right. And the thing is, he doesn't seem to be like the guy who wants to do it. But if the Packers are going to keep messing with him on this, he becomes the guy who wants to do it. That's where I think this becomes fascinating if it lingers much longer. We may eventually hear that Rodgers is going to gather these guys right next door to where the Jets do business and simulate OTAs without the presence of any coach. Yeah, I mean, hey, come on. It's Jersey, Rodgers. I mean, you need some fields. You need some football fields. Call the Sims family. We know all where all the football fields are. We can hook them up. High school, rec field, wherever. But no, to your to your point, in all seriousness, yeah, I hear you. There is a little bit of a poking the bear here that's that's going on by Green Bay that I only think is going to make Rodgers more determined to kind of shove it up, you know, where the sun don't shine. And you know, Mike, to something that you brought up a lot over the last month, like moments like that or efforts like that, I should say, with Aaron Rodgers. that'll go over big with the Jets fan base. Those are things he's got to do here. You know, again, he's got a little bit of a label of, wait, does he want to retire? Is he interested? Is he disinterested? You know, is this personal a little right now about Green Bay? Is he really invested in this? And, And I don't doubt that. I'm just saying that's what's said about him. And then let alone, oh, you know, he's a diva and he caused problems for us and all that. I think that'll calm down that chatter from the Jet fan base here where they're excited to get Rodgers. They know it's inevitable now that the Jets got no other choice, but I do think that would go over big, whether he brings them out to California and works out with them there or he shows up here in this area and has some workouts and have people come and take pictures or whatever, but it kind of gets the mojo and the fan base behind him a little bit. I, I would do it, but I would think about it. That's for sure. There are certain types of consumer transactions that include what the law refers to as a cooling off period where there are rights for the individuals to within three days, seven days, some legally identified period of time to say, I've thought about this, even though I agreed to do it, I'm out. And I mention that because Aaron Rodgers is in the ultimate natural organic cooling off period. Nothing's happened yet. He can change his mind. He can walk away. He can stay in Green Bay. He can retire. He can say, I'd like to play for another team. Remember, he said, it's my intention to play, and it's my intention to play for the Jets. And this is a guy who has proven in the past, and I'm not going to take us very far down that rabbit hole. All I'll say is the word also began with I, about using exact words and interpreting exact words. And I don't think it was an accident that he said intention. Because intentions do change. We have fun with that all the time as it relates to the things teams say about players. So, Chris, until this gets done, and I raise all this because my question for you is, can you envision a scenario where Rodgers decides before this deal gets done that his intention has pivoted to something else? Well, I, 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 there'd be another reason where I'd go, these are the things people are legitimately worried about up here. To where, yeah, you have a workout, you do those type of things that, you know, calms the waters a little bit. I don't imagine him doing that. I mean, that would be 
really an all-time low blow to the Jets organization. It'd be really one of the biggest low blows in the history of football, actually, just thinking about it off the top of my head, right, Mike? Am I crazy to think that? Like, wait, we had plenty of time. I put the NFL on notice and made the whole league wait for a month, four or five weeks. You know, we got into free agency. There was still nothing. You you put the Jets in a spot where it was basically like, hey, you're either going to take me or you're going to take me. That's it. Or you get Zach Wilson, which they know they don't want. So if he does that, I mean, forget about, yeah, he's going to, I mean, he'll never hear the end of it. He will not. So that's where I just can't imagine. All this time, dark rooms, ayahuasca, whatever else, if he doesn't know he doesn't wants to play now, then damn, I don't know when the hell he's going to know. So hopefully that doesn't happen. It wouldn't look good on him. I know that. I agree with you, and I don't think it is going to happen right. because, if anything, the fact that this delay is happening goes back to the Packers and will make him more determined, not less determined, to eventually get to the Jets. And he will. Before week one, he will because he's got a $58.3 million option bonus that, as his contract is constructed, the Packers have from March 15 all the way until week one to exercise it. If they don't, it becomes base salary. It blows up their cap for this year. They have to exercise the option bonus by the start of the regular season, or more accurately, whoever he's playing for needs to exercise it by then. And by week one, he'll be a member of the Jets. The question is, when does he get to New York? And would he have to show up for training camp in Green Bay the way that Brett Favre did to finally push this to a conclusion? At some point, at some point, the Packers are going to recognize this needs to end. And the best outcome really would be a little tequila or ayahuasca or a visit to the local Curaleaf dispensary in the Phoenix area. Woody, well done. Mark, text me. I'll let you know where it is. That's one of the reasons I regret that we're not there. Damn. I go back and see my friends. I made friends there. Right. Yes, I do. I am capable of making friends, folks. Yeah. Shocked as you may be. I'm the shocked. happiest place on earth is a dispensary. You walk in there, and the vibe is instantly. Everybody is nice. Everybody is mellow. Everybody gets along. I'd love to have gone back there. Did your Would wife you, ever Mark, find out that you uh, still have it in my phone? That you partook in some activities out there? Nope. Oh, sorry. Okay. Babe, sorry. Bye. <laughs> Stop talking about it. I don't know. Code Again, red. Code she red. Watch the show. <laughs> okay. She That's watch why the I show. asked. You said she didn't know the show. I figured she's not. She's not watching today. She just she's glad you're out of the bed right now and she can like, you know, take her time to wake up today. She doesn't gotta deal with you for now. She's not watching this crap. And, and <laughs> thanks to this show, she knows what time it is if she wakes up. She <laughs> That's right. Pick up her phone. Um yeah, look, it's it, it's 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 legal. We were in a place where it's legal. <laughs> so I found the dispensary here too. I'm eligible. I still have to fill out the paperwork <laughs> to get a card for my my Crohn's, and it probably would help me because yeah. I've told you before. If I'm feeling it and I know like it's stress related right. and I feel like there's a knife right. right at the spot where the where the what is it the transverse colon becomes the descending I don't not know. to get too graphic although yeah. we talked about we talked about raw chicken last week so yeah. this is nothing I don't, this but, is um, sounding worse I, going I, to colons here if I, I if, I, if I if I if I <laughs> if I like light a cigar and take like two puffs of it I feel that pain like psh, gone so I figure if if that works good lord you what, know what it. would what would cannabis do to yeah, you it? It'd know probably it. cure it forever. That's right. Puff that magic dragon, and it'll fix it forever. That's what you need to do. <laughs> uh, anyway, anyway, there is a chance. There is a chance that that it. And and this is one of the benefits of actually 
being there. I, I, you know, we were having fun earlier about the fact that we're not there. But when you're there and you're around people face to face and you have to interact and deal with them, it, 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 it helps promote good relationships. And one of the reasons that the process of mediation for civil litigation has become so popular over the past 40 years, when you force people to be in a room together and they're, they're forced to talk about their differences, people of goodwill tend to work their things out. They right. recognize the value in working their things out. So if Mark Mur- – and you know what? The league has every interest in having this resolved before they finalize the schedule. So if I'm Roger Goodell – one of the other agenda items for me over the next couple of days is get Mark Murphy and Woody Johnson in a room together and get them to work this out so we know for sure with certainty that we're going to have Jets games on the schedule. And it's not yeah, going to look goofy point. when we maximize the primetime Jets games before they actually have Aaron Rodgers on the team. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, there is some, some interest there from a league perspective to make sure that gets done. And that, that makes sense. You know, I don't know if that nudging's going to happen or not or, you know, I'm, I'm just, I guess I'm a little surprised, again, by the rumors you hear, how, how dug in the Packers are in this situation. It's almost like they didn't really believe he was going to do this. I think that's where it's kind of funny, too. And I got no inside info or any of this, but they're certainly giving it to him here and, you know, making him squirm and trying to make him feel uncomfortable and, um, yeah, it's a little it's a little weird. You don't see that happen very much with, with this caliber of a player that's been with one organization for this long. I used the old Ben Dreith clip when talking about it not that long ago, giving him the business. Remember that? Yeah. It was a Jets game, too. It was Marty Lyons. He's giving him the business. <laughs> Jim the Kelly business. was flat on his back. And Marty Lyons, he's giving him the business down there. The Packers are giving him the business. And you know what? If that's the case, at some point, and this makes it, look, and this is great leadership if Roger Goodell chooses to exercise this strategy. You get these guys together. You've got the the title. You've got the personality to do it. You know how to get in touch with these guys quickly. Hey, Mark, Woody, come on, let's go have a drink. I mean, and there's a way to sell it in a positive way. Let's go have a drink. Hey, look what I got at the Cure Leaf. I mean, let's go hang out a little bit. And come on, you know, you guys know what's going to happen. We all know what's going to happen. Aaron Rodgers is going to play for the Jets. And this thing has lingered long enough. And look, Mark, I know Brian Gutekunst is upset because Aaron wanted him to be fired. Okay, he's, he's made his point. He's made his point. He's had his fun. Now's the time where it's in the interest of the game. It's in the interest of the shield for us to just move past this. Let's give the people something else to talk about. Let's have our press conference. Let's get people excited. Let's sell tickets. Let's sell jerseys. Let's get our schedule locked in. Let's just get this done. I mean, if he really wanted to do it, he could do it. The well, question yeah. is, does he want to do well, it? Well, you think about all that stuff. You're talking about the league and all that, which is, I mean, you're you're justified to do that. And it's, those are real things, and you're right. Hopefully he could nudge, nudge them down that, that road a little bit. But damn, just think about how you feel if you're the Jets here a little too. They got to be squeamish. I don't care if you know he's coming or not. Robert Sala, that crew, you know, again, they got to be they it's got to be driving them crazy. Yeah, it's not a necessity that he's there for all OTAs, but like we talked about, it it lays down the train tracks for great culture and bonding and getting on the same page. You know, it, oh, he shows up at training camp. You know, first there's going to be the first few days of distraction of, hey, Aaron Rodgers is finally here and he's at training camp. And, oh, it's the distraction of, hey, getting to know everybody. And, wait, what do you call this in the offense now? I used to call it that. So there's going to be 
a learning curve or, or a few days. It's going to be an adjustment period where you'd hope to get that done here in the next month rather than be doing that in early August. That That's where if I was a head coach and I'm Robert Sala, I feel bad for him. It's a big year for them. I mean, this is the Jets and they're there. They're ready. And you'd like to have the guy that you intend to be the leader of your football team there to, yeah, wait for it, lead the football team. So that's where that, I feel for them too. They got to be going a little crazy here about when is this going to happen and when can they start to, you know, formulate the plan completely here. The comments from Alan Lazard make it clear he's got no concern about Aaron Rodgers eventually yeah. becoming a Jet, and presumably he's talking to Rodgers on a regular basis. Robert Sala, in comments to Judy Batista of NFL Network, said this yesterday. Two years ago, when we first got here, just thinking about where we were and how far we've come, to have a guy like Rodgers want to play for us is pretty cool and shows how far we've come. So, look, Sala knows it's not done yet, but just the mere fact that Rodgers wants to be there. And you know, when people see this, it's like, oh, 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 it's tampering, it's tampering, it's tampering. He's under contract with the Packers. The Jets have permission to talk to him, so I assume the Jets have permission to talk about him. Everybody knows this is going to happen. The tampering thing isn't relevant, but I'm always wired to initially think, shouldn't talk about any player under contract with another team, but this is a different situation. Again, the Packers have allowed it. And that's another reason why the Packers should just finish it. They've let the cat out of the bag. The process has started. They need to let it finish. But I agree that the fact that Rodgers would want to be there shows the team has become more attractive. But, but Chris, it is a Band-Aid. It is a short-term thing. They still need to have a plan post-Aaron Rodgers. Well, yeah. As they, as they elevate the program... They, they they have to have an idea of what they're going to do as soon as next year. Right. He well, may only play for them one season. I, I think that adds to the all-in-ness, okay, or lack of a better way to say that, that the Jets have here for Rodgers, too. Because I think not only is it like, yeah, it's Rodgers and he's great and he's going to make us good, but I think it kills, you know, two birds with one stone a little bit. I also think to your point and what you're asking, they're hoping, hey, he comes in, saves the day, and then saves the day as the season goes along and continues to groom Zach Wilson, who's, you know, you know, favorite quarterback is Aaron Rodgers. I mean, everybody's favorite quarterback, you know, your favorite quarterback is Aaron Rodgers. Joe Burrow, Mahomes, Allen, they all love no they're all obsessed with Aaron Rodgers. But yeah, this is Zach Wilson who's lost his way and tried to emulate the advanced things that Mahomes and Rodgers do right now at this point of their career. And it's like, no, 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 wait. Your training wheels are still on. You're not ready for that yet. And that's where I think there's also, you know, this want of Rodgers because he could help that situation out maybe and, and like, bridge the gap between the fan base and, and Zach Wilson a little bit. Oh, yeah, he looks good. Whoa, Zach's arm's talented. So maybe that's, maybe that's part of the plan too, Mike. Well, and and if they really are serious about trying to get something out of Zach Wilson, yeah. if this works, if he and Rodgers get along, if Rodgers is willing to mentor him, then maybe this does lay the foundation for something better from Zach Wilson. That's going to take a lot, though. And I don't know. It's one thing to talk yeah. about it conceptually it's one thing to admire someone from afar from afar are the key words when you're with them all the time it changes the dynamics you may feel differently you may not get along there may be irritation remember it was Wilson who said 
if they bring in a veteran, he's going to make that guy's life hell and practice every day. And that just means he's going to compete with him. It doesn't mean he's going to run the same pranks on Aaron Rodgers Brett Favre once did. And I assume Rodgers isn't going to pull the pranks on Wilson no, that right. Favre once did. But, but there's – look, if – if Rodgers decides to stick around for a couple of years, that introduces a little stress to the relationship. Zach Wilson may be thinking this guy's going to be here one year. And if he starts getting a vibe that Aaron really likes it here and may stick around, that's when who knows. But the bottom line is, yes, the program is improving, but this is a short-term solution. And you yeah. better have a plan for beyond it or or not. You go the Rams approach. Screw it. Let's just go try to get a Super Bowl. We'll worry about the future when the future comes. For now, we're all in for the present. And that's the way the NFL's become in recent years. It's one year at a time. It's all in. You know that this specific group of individuals is coming together for one run. And there's going to be a certain percentage gone next year. And we're going to fill our needs with others who have never been here before. And then that season is going to be one group all together. And... And then disband partially. Yeah, That's right. just the way it is. Yeah. So it, is. it happens in quarterback position. And, you know, it happened with Favre with the Jets for one year. And then he went to the Vikings and had two years. And, uh, hey, it's, it's better to have a quarterback that helps you achieve your goal for a short period of time than a long-term answer that never gets you where you're trying to be. Yeah, that's to be. right. Long-term is like well. – get them where they've been trying to be. Yeah, you're saying it right. I mean, long-term's hard. It's hard. I mean, there's a reason the Patriots are the Patriots and they're special. Their ability to build a team for the long term that long was incredibly impressive. Nobody else is really like doing that. It's like, hey, this team's got a three or four year shelf life. When those three or four years are over, boom, we're you're knocking you off the shelf and we're putting some new inventory on there. I mean, just look at the the, the teams that the Rams, I mean, totally different team. Two years ago, Super Bowl champs. See ya. Like almost everybody. The Buccaneers, we thought they were set up. Whoa, they're going to be on a run here for a few years. Boom. Team's dismembered. Gone. Three years after the Super Bowl. So, yeah, the Jets see it. You know, to your point, Mike, their their defense is ready. They are. And they, I would think they're only going to get better with some of the young guys who were good last year that are only going to be better. Their offense, their offense is ready. The offensive line got hurt a little last year. Yeah, Elijah Vera Tucker was hurt. Makai Becton's a big issue. I got Makai Becton, though. Man, I, all I hear is good things about him. He's working out at the gym. I worked out in Jersey when I grew up. My dad, my brother, my friends, they all see him. They say he looks great, like he's ready to go. So we'll see. But that's the only questions you got about that football team. Everything else you go, damn, it's set up. They're ready for primetime. And that's where they need Rodgers to come in and kind of gel that whole thing together. You mentioned the Patriots and how they were consistently so good. Yeah. A fact that I noticed on Sunday, I wrote a quick item about it yesterday at PFT. It came from Mike Reese of ESPN.com. This was amazing to me. The Patriots this year are, at this point in the offseason, 70-1 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. Those are the lowest odds or highest. I never know what's right there. The longest odds. How about that? To win the Super Bowl for the entire Bill Belichick era, the entire time at this point in the offseason, preseason Super Bowl odds, they've never been 70 to 1. This is the, the longest shot they've ever been. And when you look all the way back, the last time they were longer than 70 to 1 was 1993. That was the last season before Robert Kraft bought the team. So this is 
the most remote chance the Patriots have been perceived to have to win a Super Bowl since Robert Kraft bought the team in 1994. That's amazing. And it's a testament to how long they've been good. But for every team, at some point, that sun sets on a great run. The question is, how long How long can you make that great run great? Is it yeah. one year, like the Rams, or is it a generation or longer, like the Patriots? Yeah, it, it's special what they did. You know, their ability to team build, find value deals, you know, guys off the radar in the draft, you know, really, really build a team in a lot of ways off of not marquee players at positions, but figuring out, wait, this guy's personality and brain fits our organization. Wait, this guy's skill set fits exactly what I'm trying to do here on third down with this receiver. Nick. And they built a team with what the league looked at as a bunch of, and I don't mean to say this like disrespectfully, like almost B-plus players, right? A lot of B-plus and A-minus and B-plus, and they went depth and versatility and depth and versatility and never went all in on like stars and big time and all that. And that's where it's different, that they sustained it. Yeah, I know they had stars and good players, but it's just it was an incredible, robust, middle-class or upper-middle-class team that they built there. And that's where it's unique as compared to, hey, the Eagles we're looking at or the Rams like you explained. You know, teams that are, of course, a little more top-heavy than, than what we saw from the Patriots. Very hard to do how the Patriots did it. Almost impossible. It's amazing. The guys who love football, the guys who would play exactly. for the guys who consistently right. take less. They were very good at identifying exactly. those guys right. who are in it for the love of the game, and it makes it easier to run the business of a football team if your players are in it for the love of the game, and that's what they were able to do. All right, the closest thing to the Patriots that we have right now, the Kansas City Chiefs, thanks to the presence of Patrick Mahomes. Andy Reid uh, spoke of to the Chiefs? Steve Weish of Yeah, of the Chiefs. Well, I, I got my – that's good that you caught that because I had in my mind I have to designate who he was talking to, Steve Weich of NFL Network, and I got it a little twisted up. I got a little twisted up, and I can't even blame the tequila like you can for it. So Andy Reid of the Kansas City Chiefs, speaking to Steve Weich of NFL Network, acknowledged the possibility, and this was one of several different things that Andy Reid said – he acknowledged uh, when asked about making a run at Odell Beckham Jr., he said Odell is a good football player. Yes, he does a nice job, so we'll see how all that goes. That's not a yes, it's not a no. And in a situation like this, anything other than a no is a maybe. And maybe can become yes. And you and I have been talking about how that one-year deal with the Chiefs would be the right path right now for Odell Beckham Jr. Establish himself, find a niche, do well play into January slash February, set yourself up for the contract next year or something closer to the contract next year than what you've tried but been unable to get this year. That's right. I mean, just, you know, look at what it did for Juju Smith-Schuster, right? Oh, one-year, $7 million deal turned into three years, $33 million, which, of course, is a lot better. Uh, so the, that that's that's where, you know, it, it can be great for Odell Beckham Jr., let alone like we were talking about last week, Mike, where – you know, they're a team that's good. They won't have to depend on him right away. But the beauty of it there, too, is you could see the potential of him becoming, you know, the number one receiver fairly easy. Kelsey, OBJ, and then 
hey, you know, uh, Sky Moore and Kadarius Tony and MVS, and, well, that would work out. And to where, yeah, he has a chance, you would think, if he got with that team, he could strike it rich. You know, it plays well, puts up good stats, go to the playoffs, does all that. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, it just, I guess, the expectations of what what's what does Odell want right now, and I think that's probably what Kansas City will wait for. They'll kind of just continue to sit there, and they're the champs, and they know they're the man, and we'll see where the market goes for OBJ, and maybe when you know things get a little more realistic, and he has to make a decision, he'll look at us and know that this is a good spot for him. He's got to find a way, and I think this is the challenge. Whoever signs him, you have to find a way to let him save some face, even if you have to put some phony in the deal. Yeah. Like you have to do a multi-year deal that will initially be reported as being worth 17, 18, 19, even 20 million a year, but it's really a one-year, $5 million deal with incentives. Yeah, you think the the save the face thing would have some value here? I think it would. I think it would. And and, and look, it shouldn't matter, but – but perceptions can become a very big part of the reality sure. for NFL players. Look at Lamar Jackson's situation, the perceptions there and stubbornness and how that factors into the decisions he's making. And I think that Odo Beckham Jr. views himself as being at a certain level and wants to be compensated accordingly and doesn't want to be viewed as somebody who took less than what he's worth to the team. And uh, that, that's, that's probably where it all stands now. And there's nothing like the passage of time without the offer you want to make you more reasonable in what you expect to yeah, get. And I that's think that's right. part of why that's why he's still available as time passes. He'll eventually, hopefully for his sake, if he wants to keep playing football, he may just decide not play. He may decide that whatever number's being offered is less than what he's willing to play for. And he's got the he's got every right to do that. He can say, you know, I would do I would go through all this for ten million, but I'm not going to do it for seven. That's his prerogative. So there is a chance that there's a minimum threshold in his mind as to what he'll take. And if no one ever gets to it, then he just never plays. We saw last year he was flirting with the idea of coming back during the season. I think he was using the potential boost to a playoff run as a way to leverage the deal that he's been looking for. It didn't work. This year, who knows? At some point, though, just like Lamar Jackson, at some point you got to make a deal. At some point you got to say yes. At some point, if you want to play, if you don't, then that's your right. But I think that's part of it for OBJ. What number is so low, Chris, that he just says, I'm not playing? And I would assume that the $4 million he complained about nine days ago yeah. is on the wrong side of the line. Right. And somebody's got to get above that before he'd even consider saying yes to anyone. Chiefs, Bills, Giants, Jets, anyone. No, I, I yes. I don't know how much it's going to go up. That That's the problem. And you're right. Maybe, you know, again, that's where the incentives and – the save face aspect of this goes into it, but you know I, I can't imagine the number going, you know, north of ten million just flat out. I can't, you know, and and you know that I love Odell Beckham Jr. as do you. I mean he's he's awesome, but you know the facts are the facts. It's above thirty. It's two ACL injuries, and yeah, I just don't see that happening. That long term deal, maybe some sweet incentives, you know, some maybe some like you said. An option, something like that, that makes it look, you know, better than it is, and both teams can can kind of, you know, feel good if it all works in a certain way after the year. I don't know, but I, I just have a hard time thinking he's get that long term big payday right now. Okay, so my newest acquisition is a uh, clock radio that has no radio. What I've had a lot longer than that is a BS meter. 
And what we're going to do in the next segment, we're going to trot out the BS meter. We're going to plug it into the wall. Not that I ever unplug it. And we're going to look at some of the trade rumors that are out there and, and get to the bottom of whether or not we think folks are telling us the truth about where things stand. We'll do that when PFT Live continues right after this. If a friend asks how you're doing and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. For the world's greatest athletes. This is the showdown we've been waiting for. There is nothing like competing on the world's biggest stage. And when that stage is Paris, anything can happen. I have never seen anything like this. How about that? In Olympics unlike any other. What a performance! The Paris Olympics. This summer on NBC and streaming on Peacock. Stop being Dr. Dooms, okay, Dr. Doom? No, I'm not being Dr. Doom. I was the 21-year-old punk once, and at some point between 21 and 57, I acquired the perspective that helped me realize we all get one ride, we make the most of it, and then we die. And that's okay, because it happens to everyone. Death is undefeated. So, uh, on that happy note, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. There's actually a positive message in there. Is there? I don't it's all know. In how you spin it. I still hear Dr. Doom laughing yeah. in my ear. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think I hear him laughing even when, when the, the, the sound isn't activated. Yeah. But um, no, the, the point is, we got one shot at this thing. We got one chance. Right. And yeah, at some point, when you go from the age where you think you're going to live forever to the age where you know it's going to happen, like, you got to realize, you got to make the most out of it. You got to go pursue that thing you want to do. If you got a job that you think sucks, go find a better job. If, if, just whatever circumstance in your life, if you're not happy, and it's life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. It was one of the principles on which we were founded as a country. If you're not happy, do the thing that's going to make you happy. Now you're taking a risk. And as always, we like it when someone bets on themselves because if they lose, it's not our money. But I always love it when someone acknowledges the simple fact we got one life. What are we going to do with it? What are you going to do with it? Anybody out there, if you're going through this right now, you got one life. One chance. What are you going to do with it? Are you going to do the thing that doesn't leave you feeling satisfied? Or are you going to do something that makes you happy? That's, so that's the point. That's the positive embedded within the fact that, yes, indeed, we are all going to die. Well, thank you for bringing it back to Dr. Doom there. Thank you very much. <laughs> at the end. It was great. You did well. I it was a nice positive purpose. message. But you know, you had to bring message. it back. It is. It is. It, it's pretty positive. It is. Yes. Yeah. Do, do, do. Do do it now. Take advantage. Live life because you will die one day. Yes, it's it's like Shanahan talked about one of your snarky headlines, right? Yes, Jimmy G could die tomorrow. Might not be on the roster, whatever. But yeah, yeah I hear you. You're right. <laughs> 
A snarky headline. It was a quote. He's the one who said <laughs> no, it. You're right. But I, I am. I, there are many things of which I am completely and totally confident. I am confident of this. Whatever it is that you would like to do, yeah. whatever country you'd like to visit, whatever project you'd like to finish, whatever dream you'd like to chase, I will tell you this. After you're dead, there's no chance you're going to be able to do it. I am certain of that. Well, you don't know. I mean, there could be reincarnation. You don't know. You're not sure. You're just you're not sure. You're not certain. Sorry. What if I believe in reincarnation? Now you're 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 doctor dooming my beliefs there. What if I believe that I'm going to come back in the next life as something else? What a jerk you are, Doctor Doom. <laughs> right, but it's a different life. You're oh, not going to be able to get it done in this life. <laughs> okay. And All right. I, the whole idea, I mean, look, I don't want to start down the whole reincarnation <laughs> yeah. rabbit hole. I remember when that was a thing, like with Shirley MacLaine at one point, and she was all in on the idea that we get reincarnated. And I know there are different religious systems that believe it. And look, I, hey, believe whatever you want to believe. Whatever gets you through this one life we have in a positive way yeah. so you treat other people well. Go. But religion, there are a lot of problems with religion, but the one good thing about religion is if you practice, if you truly practice what you're being taught, not just warp it around to suit your own agendas and objectives. But if you truly practice what you're being taught, the world's a better place. Now, the problem is there are people out there who don't truly practice what they're being taught. They use it to justify whatever it is they, they choose to do. And again, before we take that any farther and and, and spin it into <laughs> you're something digging that holes. Piss people off. Keep digging some I'm holes just, and stepping I'm out of saying, it. You're almost stepping in some crap I'm just here. Saying, <laughs> I'm just saying, I don't care what people believe as long as practicing that belief makes them people who aren't out trying to mess with other people. If you practice your beliefs in a way that makes the world a better place, then I support those beliefs. I'm, I'm with you there. Okay, well, let it go. People want to believe in reincarnation. I don't, nobody knows. That's the thing. That's the thing. And this is one of the things you figure out between whatever age you are and whatever church you go to with your parents or Sunday school you're put into against your wishes or grade school that has nuns and priests present all the time and you got 12 years of that like I did. At some point, you realize that nobody knows what happens when we die. Nobody knows. They can act like they think they know. Nobody knows. And we all find out one second after it's too late to tell anybody else what really happens. And, I, and look, I understand that certain religious beliefs are we know, and that's the mystery of faith. I've come to the conclusion nobody knows, and that's okay. My point is this. Live your life. Enjoy your life because nobody knows what happens afterward. Maybe there is reincarnation. Maybe there is. We don't know. I know. In this life, we don't know. So go Go do your best or your worst, but preferably your best. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Well said. That was a good right. uh, PSA okay. today. Way to go. Way to go. Is this a football good show? Good rebound. What are we good doing? Good rebound after what are the we Dr. Doing? Doom stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, but the whole point of the Dr. Doom, I mean, it was having fun with it when we finally ended it and said on that happy note, but the whole point is go do your thing. Go. <laughs> come, on, come on. Actually, that's an improvement. Okay. Uh, trade rumors. Let's get out the BS meter. That's one of the things we do here with the one life we have. And this is how pathetic it is. You can make all sorts of choices. We have chosen to sit around and talk about a sport. And one of the things we like to talk about is when people in that sport are saying things that may or may not be true. That's our value or lack thereof that we bring to society. Sean Payton told NFL Network that the Broncos will not be trading Jerry Judy or Cortland Sutton. There's been a lot of talk about... Judy, Sutton, or K.J. Hamler being traded. Now, Hamler's got a torn pack, so oh, he ain't getting traded. Horrible. But Judy, yeah, Judy and Sutton 
Uh, there's been talk about them being available. Peyton says neither is being traded. Is that, is that the truth? Is it a concession that no one has called? Or is it just part of the posturing that goes on before a guy gets traded? Where, where's your BS meter on that? I, I mean, I think that part of it right there, it's pretty high on the, the, the boo shit meter right there, okay? I mean, it's, it's <laughs> up there, you. yeah. I'm going to say it's like an eight, you know, because what, 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 how did this unfold, right? They're tradable, they're tradable, they're tradable. You got the word out there. Everybody knows, okay, now, oh, hey, hey, I like these guys. We're not trading them. We like them. Right, I didn't. Nothing blew us away. Right, uh, the offer. So, hey, we like you guys again. I, I, he he made his point that they were available, and now he sees where it goes. But now he's also, you know, making his bed. And wait, they might actually be in the building with me here. There might not be as a market like I thought for these two. So I got to make sure they know I like them too. So he's kind of playing both angles right there. Uh, I'm giving it an eight on the BS meter right there, Mike. I think if somebody called the trade for them. And he liked that deal. He'd get it done today. Yeah, I think uh, I think a, a high number is justified, right. maybe even higher than eight. Yeah, right. It's, it may just be a recognition of the fact that no one is called. So love the one you're with. I mean, that's the point. You got these guys on a contract. You're not going to cut them. So if no one calls to trade for these guys, they're part of our team. They are part of our team, and we're going to go do our best with those guys, even though we would have liked to have potentially flipped them for assets. Because I suspect that Peyton believes he could take an expensive veteran that he doesn't know, go out and draft a guy like a Michael Thomas in round two. Right. Somebody he's scouted. Right. Somebody he's fallen in love with. Somebody who is cheaper, dollar for dollar. No matter who it is, you take veteran with big contract that I don't know versus cheaper young player that I get a chance to pick I'll take the cheaper younger player that I get a chance to pick I'll trust my ability to go find good young receivers teach them my offense and we go from there and then we have money we can spend elsewhere yeah I, I think that's a fair way to assess the situation let alone kind of how you said too like oh I'm Sean Payton and I know veteran value deals at receiver too to couple that with the young guy like you're talking about you know, we saw him have throughout the years Ted Ginn and other type of receivers like that. So, yeah, I think more importantly right now, he's looking for assets. He is. And, you know, assets to continue to build this team the way he wants, let alone he knows, wait, Jerry Judy, you know, he could have a big year in the offense this year, and all of a sudden he wants a big payday. And all this, like, so you're explaining it right. Cortland Sutton, there's a little questions as far as, hey, it was a guy that was kind of one of the, Top 10-ish receivers in football, hurt his knee, hasn't quite regained that form since then. So, yeah, I think, you know, he's looking for his, his own blank canvas here and, and formulating this thing the way he wants to, and he's just seeing what's out there for, for these guys if he dangles them out there for the, the rest of the NFL. And when you consider the fact that the Broncos are trapped by this Russell Wilson contract that gives him a bloated cap number, although this year isn't that bad, in future years if they keep him, it's going to go up and up and up. Those low cap numbers on a big contract mean big cap numbers are coming. You have to build out the rest of your roster with young, cheap guys. More lottery tickets, more wage scale contracts, more young guys to balance out the big chunk of cap space being devoted to the Russell Wilson and all of this is hinging on Russell Wilson eventually earning 
that contract and not being the guy that the Broncos move on from next year, which we've talked about this before. Even though it would be a significant cap charge next year, I think it's this year, and if it doesn't work, it's see you later, Russ. But either way, either way, Chris, they're going to need guys on the roster who are young and cheap because they're either going to have Russell Wilson at a big cap number or they're going to not have Russell Wilson at a big cap number. They need more young, good players who don't have big salaries. Yeah, yeah, it's a a coach who wants to build something sustainable, and because of that, he doesn't want, you know, the old regime's people or some of the way, you know, some of those pieces that he didn't evaluate or doesn't think they fit the way he wants to play. So he's slowly going to try to flip over the roster to get the type of guys he deems that are necessary to, to run his system. And I think that's what he'll do. You know, we see a lot of great coaches when they get this new job, they always kind of flip the team over. Everybody's unnoticed a little bit. There's a new sheriff in town. And uh, we know Sean Payton's the sheriff for sure there in Denver. Brandon Staley, the sheriff now for a couple of years with the Chargers, a little heat from time to time, an expectation that the Chargers are going to be better sooner rather than later. Running back Austin Eckler wants out. They've given him permission to shop himself via trade, hasn't found a taker yet, said Staley over the weekend. I think there's a way forward we want Austin Eckler to be a charger. Where does that land on the BS meter? We I put it in. We press the buttons and we hit the green one at the bottom. What comes out? I I I have like I don't think that's BS as much there. I think there is a true wanting. First off, they don't have anybody on their roster that they can really look at to go wait. You know, we got somebody. It doesn't matter. Austin Eckler is expendable, so he has that going for him. And and then. He is one of the better dual threat running backs in all of football. And you got Justin Herbert. And, yeah, you got a Kellen Moore who just showed he could throw the ball to guys like Tony Pollard coming out of the backfield. Well, Austin Eckler's one of the best in the business at coming out of the backfield and catching the football. So I'm going to put this one a little lower on the BS meter because I think he does want him back. I think it makes sense. It's just can they find the right price that makes sense for both him and or them and Austin Eckler. I'm going to go four here, Mike. I, I actually kind of believe him. I think it's even lower than that. Okay. I think it's the God's honest truth. I think that they are hopeful that Austin Eckler will go through this process, anger, denial, bargaining, depression, acceptance. I don't know where he is on the list, but the reality is he doesn't want to play for $6.25 million, so he has a chance to go find someone else who will pay him more than that. He finds no one. At some point, he accepts $6.25 million is what he's going to get paid. He may not like it, but Chris, it's more than he's going to make anywhere else. At some point, that's it's like the OBJ thing. At some point, you have to acknowledge, I'm going to make more doing this, far more than anything else right now. It's not like you're going to walk into a, a job somewhere else and you're going to say, hey, how about a starting salary of $6.25 million? But But for running backs, it's even more important that you understand and you fully accept. Because he's made good money, not great money. He was undrafted. Right. Right. He's, he's on house money when you consider that he came into the league undrafted. But it, it further proves the point that you don't have to overpay a running back because you can find one even if he was undrafted. But for the wear and tear, the short-term and long-term physical toll, the potential for long-term cognitive issues, you have to ask yourself, at what point do I have enough money in the bank, free and clear, of taxes, and given that he's played for the Chargers, not as much as if he'd played for a team that doesn't take 13.3% on top of everything else away from every dollar you make. 
but he's got to run that analysis of, is it worth my time? Is it worth my effort? Is it worth my health to play for 6.25? And maybe maybe the Chargers do something. Well, that's what I was like, saying. Maybe a sweetener after or something. Right, right, right. After he goes out there and his agent calls every team and no one wants to trade for him and no one wants to give him more than $6.25 million this year, if the Chargers do anything – that just strengthens the relationship, and it gets him focused and motivated and ready to have a good season. Then he becomes a free agent next year. Yeah, I, I think that is kind of maybe how I – it's really kind of how I envision this going down. I, I think that's, you know, realistically, I don't imagine a team trading draft picks wanting to deal with, yeah, the running back position, $6.25 million. Oh, yeah, we're going to pay you more and give you another contract. Yeah, I don't see that happening. And I think there's, like we said – there's there's some value for for both sides here to want to make this work. There, there's like we said, there's nobody on this roster that's like him to catch the ball out of the backfield. So that makes sense, you know, from from their standpoint and wanting him. And yeah, I don't know if anybody else is going to value quite the way the one that knows you the best, and that's the Chargers. And I think he could probably capitalize the best within that offense too, especially again with no real threat or anybody to take carries or touches away from him on that roster right now. So, uh, yeah, I'm with you. I kind of see that, Mike, too. Nothing happens. They give him a sweetener, make him happy, and then they address this situation once again after the year's over. Cardinals coach Jonathan Gannon said this regarding receiver DeAndre Hopkins, a player that we've expected to be traded really for the past two weeks, and it hasn't happened yet. Brandon Cooks gets traded. DeAndre Hopkins, still a Cardinal. Said Gannon, I'm operating under the impression that DeAndre Hopkins is a Cardinal right now. And I think that's that's true. It's obvious. Yeah. The real question is not whether or not really Jonathan Gannon is BSing us, although to the extent that he thinks that Hopkins is going to stay, that would be a little BSE. Uh, Why do we think this has taken so long? We went into the offseason believing it was inevitable that Hopkins was going to be traded. Well, I think age, you know, there's been, you know, some injuries, some other things that have gone on off the field that, you know, the price tag itself – it's. I think all of those things there are kind of what's the issue, right? And and you know it's it's a 2023. It's a big cap hit. It's a big dead cap number. Like this to me has the smell of like yeah they'll trade him, but nobody's going to take him for this money. Like they're going to have to pay like somewhat the Texans did with Brandon Cooks to the Dallas Cowboys. Like yeah we'll trade you DeAndre Hopkins, you know. You get him, we get a draft pick back. Maybe you even we maybe we've got to give you a late round draft pick and we pay you pay some of his salary. I would think that's the thing that's going to hold this thing up is that they're going to have to do some of that, Mike. Well, and the reality is DeAndre Hopkins at one point had set the high water mark for receivers in new money. Yeah. It was $27 million, even though he never signed a contract that was worth $27 million from the moment he put his, his name on the last page. Last year, we saw the receiver market go haywire. This year, it hasn't. Now, Justin Jefferson hasn't gotten paid yet, and who knows what he's going to get paid. But Hopkins may have just wanted a piece of the action, and he may be a year too late for a variety of reasons. And I also think that the receiver position – could be moving toward the running back position. Agreed. And you are going to have guys, you know, unless you truly are a difference maker, unless you really are 
one of a very small group of the best of the best, you're not going to get a big contract as a receiver. Now, no great running back. I mean, it's – I don't want to say that. They still give out really good running back contracts, which create problems within a couple of years, as we see with the Titans and the Vikings and the Bengals and the Saints. But it just feels like there's a greater reluctance to pay the best running backs than there is to pay the best receivers. I think the league acknowledges the best receivers are going to get theirs. But then you're going to have guys who maybe aren't among the best yeah. who think that, that that pulls them up too, and it may not. Yeah, I think that's that's the way maybe to say it. I don't think the league's going to have any problem paying the top-end wide receivers because you know, you, like like we saw with A.J. Brown this year, the difference they make, and there's there's not the longevity concerns that there is with running back. But I think you're kind of hitting it right. It's that next-level guy down where I think the league will start to go, wait, 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 wait. We, you know, this is, you got a hundred receptions because we built in 95 plays for you to run this way and catch a five-yard catch and this way to catch a six-yard catch. We can find other guys to do that. But no, Jamar Chase out here one-on-one can run by go-go, you know, five, five rockets up his ass. No, that we'll pay that. Oh, Justin Jefferson, there's seven guys on him. He goes up, we'll pay him. No problem. But the rest of the crew, I'm, I'm with you. I think that's kind of where it's probably going to go, Mike, that there's going to be a little bit of a rebuttal from the NFL to not pay you know, the number two receiver on an offense $20 million. That, that, that price tag comes down a little bit. So we do expect he'll be traded, yeah. and you're right. The Cardinals may have to kick some in. There may be some teams out there lurking until after the draft. That may be where we are right now. I mean, really, think about it. We're already four weeks away. From the draft. Four weeks and three days away from the draft. Why not wait and see if you can get that guy that you really love who's going to come a lot cheaper than DeAndre Hopkins and younger and healthier. And remember, we had that six-game PED suspension last year. That's what I was saying. Other off-the-field stuff, too. Right. Well, and and that's really – that's not off the field. That's on the field because (laughs) – You're right. He may be at a point in his career – look. Yeah. Whereas he need that, it is what it is, and I and I know, You're and I know, I know that his position is his position is that it, you know, I took a tainted supplement. That's one of the big problems with a a uh, strict liability standard. You've got it in your system. You're you're busted. You're suspended no matter what. Anyone who gets busted can say, I didn't know I had it in my system, and that's and I understand that's his position. But but if I'm gonna trade for this guy and pay him. I have to be thinking, why did he take it if he did take it? What what ailment is there that he was trying to come back from? I think there was a knee injury that he was suffering from. Right. And, you know, you get to a point where I can't run like I used to. I can't jump like I used to. I can't play like I used to. And the pharmaceutical enhancement door has been slammed in my face. How do I know that this guy can keep it going? It wasn't that long ago we were talking about the Byron Jones tweet. And yeah. he's only... Nine years into a career, I can't run, I can't jump anymore. Is DeAndre Hopkins at a point where he can play like he used to, and am I better off with a guy who's coming straight out of college? It's a cruel reality of football, but it is part of the reality. Guys who are recognizable names, star players, they get to a point where they just can't do it anymore, and there's a a whole group of future stars, guys who haven't had a chance to do it yet, who will become the players we talk about of tomorrow, who are coming in with full tread on the tire, low salary, that's And so I really do think, Chris, we're going to see this pivot where 
receiver position gets treated more like running back position, and guys like DeAndre Hopkins are going to be feeling like guys yeah. such as Austin Eckler. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I think there is some of that. Now, DeAndre Hopkins in his prime, I don't think has to ever worry about that. But, yeah, he's at an age now where it's north of 30 years old and it's nine years in the NFL, and it starts to make you wonder how much do you want to pay that type of guy. Yes, yeah, six-game suspension because of PEDs, all of that. But, you know, ultimately here, like, Mike, I don't know. I mean, it, it's either trade him and pay some of the money or they bite the bullet and keep him. You know, I, but I, I don't think, like, uh, 22 million dead cap number, I don't think he's getting cut or anything like that. I don't know. You got any thought on that? Well, and I'd have to pull up the contract and look and see what's guaranteed, what's not, and how all that would work. If he doesn't want to be there, though, if he's reached that point in his career where he wants to move on, you got to figure out a solution. Yeah, and, yeah. And I'd, I, I, th I think it's something that happens at this point. I would say it happens after the draft. Uh, unless there are multiple – and, hey, this is another opportunity. We talked about maybe the Jets and Packers getting their deal done for Aaron Rodgers. You got everybody in the same place. Opportunity to do some business. Opportunity to get this deal done. Trade them to a team if there are multiple teams out there. Well, you're there, right? Then, Go then get the bridge the happen. deal. You're there. You're yeah. in that studio yeah. in Arizona, aren't you? Yeah. Make it happen. I thought you were there. I thought we were both there. <laughs> no. They just recreated our – never mind. All right, uh, let's go ahead and take a break. When we return, Josh Allen, one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL – because of his mobility, does he need to change his style of play? His head coach weighs in. We'll discuss that next year on PFT Live. Get it. If a friend asks how you're doing and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free, confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. 